I'm Steve Backshaw, and you're listening to the Aussie Wildlife Show. All right, guys, welcome to the Aussie Wildlife Show. Adrian here, and I'm here, of course, with Steve. G'day, guys. And we're very lucky today to have with us Joel Howland, the creator of the game Animoz. G'day, mate. Hey, guys, how you doing? Good, thank you. So we're surrounded by all these amazing-looking cards... And a lot of people would know about this game, Animals. It's getting a lot of airplay at the moment on social media. And they are a stunning-looking set of native animal cards. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, thank you. It's very kindly put. Yeah, so Animals is a trading card game about Australian native species. And it's, it's aimed at all ages, but primarily at our uh, junior rangers. Everyone that plays Animals is called a ranger. And it's just a great way to engage people and and kids with Australian wildlife and you know species that a lot of people have never heard of and yeah in in the gameplay which is for slightly older kids um, there's official rules and in that game you also learn about the dangers that they face like climate change and habitat destruction and things like that yeah that's a quick synopsis of it it's a tough sell to try to promote conservation issues and this is a really interactive way because Kids love cards. I mean, when I was a kid, we used to have collector's cards. And top Trumps. What, what's that, Steve? Top Trumps. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Top Trumps is bigger in the UK is it? than it is. You didn't have Top Trumps over here? No, well, they, oh, they are, they are here. That explains a lot about yeah, Australians. They are yeah. here, but I have heard about them more since I created this than I ever had before. I had a lot of people, particularly expats, say to me, <laughs> yeah, yeah, is it, this is like Top Trumps, right? And I had to learn what it was to be able to say yes or no. Yeah, <laughs> but, it's like you get pack of cards which are all about cars and you've got fastest cars and one that's a bit faster than another and you trade off and, and you win the game so yeah quite similar yeah gotcha and getting kids learning about something that is kind of important because you've got all these conservation issues facing you know our wildlife across the world um, and I should point out these cards are focusing on Australia and there's a range of animals here that most adults wouldn't even know like there's some animals here that I didn't even know there's a few here I do know. You've got the yellow-footed rock wallaby, Xantho. Very similar to Argy Xanthi. I'm going to just pretend that's Argy. Yeah, yeah. Na- <laughs> named after Xanthi. That's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's one here for Steve. This is the, the green tree python. And so with each of these animals, they've got, they've got superpowers. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So on each of the cards, there's a whole load of information that goes along with the really beautiful illustration, which is done by a friend of mine called Bonnie Marie. And the superpowers are based on things that the animals can do in the real world. So this whole idea came out of chatting to my two young nephews about collectible things and games that they like. And so the idea to have superpowers involved was a nice one, but I wanted it to reflect real life. So I didn't want it just to be, you know, these imaginary things that don't mean anything. So the superpowers are all, you know, evolutionary adaptations that these animals have and I suppose the one that I did always like using as prime example is capillaration superpower of the thorny dragon, which is called Horrid in Animoz. But I started telling people about it and was met with the response that, oh, yeah, yeah, we saw that on David Attenborough, uh, which the documentary series came out just before I launched this game. Um, And before that, I don't reckon anyone would have known about that superpower. But, yeah, capillaration, um, for anyone that didn't see that documentary, is where... The thorny dragon or horrid can pull water up his legs and along his body into his mouth without moving. And I'm sure there's some ecologists out there who could 
correct that wording slightly, but effectively that's that's what he can do. And it's just a way where he doesn't need to look down to drink, which would put him at risk from predators. And yeah, so Australian animals, like all species, but Australian animals have these incredible powers that a lot of people have never heard of. And certainly I had to do a lot of research to, to learn about them to create the game. So I'd never heard of them either. And they're just genuinely mind-blowing and yeah you you could go on and on about some of them and as i talk to more and more people in the industry as a result of this um, i'm learning more that that could have been part of it and will be part of of future packs yeah well you're right i mean it never ends i mean and we're always learning more adaptations that the animals have actually just early we're inside there and there's one of our volunteers here chopping animal food and her mum who brings her down was here and she's a school teacher so i kind of hooked you guys up to meet and you made a very interesting point about targeting schools big part of the school curriculum kids need to learn adaptations of uh, animals and you thought well that's a good idea but you want to see if it organically spreads and the kids actually do it of their own volition which i thought was quite interesting yeah i i have lots of friends who are teachers who want to use it in their class and show it to the the kids that they teach and that's fantastic i love seeing it in schools and hearing about the experiences that kids are having but i definitely am of the opinion that kids learn best when they come across something themselves or or uh, that it's you know led by them the experience so that applies both to not wanting to put it directly into schools as part of any curriculum or similar but also with not having a physical rule book in the box like i i wanted it to be a case where kids get these cards and create their own games and engage with them however they think is best because you know that's how we we all know it if you're if you're reading a book that you're really passionate about, you're going to take a lot more of that in than if you're reading something that you really aren't interested in, right? So, yeah, that's the thinking behind it. Or you have to, you know. The teacher said I have to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but when you look at each one of these cards, there's so much information about the animal, you know, whether it's a carnivore, omnivore, that there's so much on there. Like, it's, it's unreal. So, so I commented to you that I'd looked on the website and three plus was the age group. <laughs> yeah. Like, wow, that's uh, that's fairly young. Yeah, yeah. When I first finished the product just before Christmas last year, I started off just by selling it in some markets in town, Christmas markets, and a lot of people, particularly parents with young kids, come and pass, ask me the same thing. They're like, oh, this is from three up. Like, what are the rules like? And I would start explaining the rules, and they'd be like, there's, there's no way my kid can play this. But <laughs> no, there, there are what I call official rules it's called the ultimate ranger gameplay and those rules are probably better suited to eight and nine years old and up if an adult is helping them to learn but they're also fun for adults because I like tabletop games and so I wanted this game to be accessible for people of all ages including including those of us of a slightly older uh, age but for kids slightly too young for the rules the cards are just perfect for them to engage with and create their own games and it says that on the website before i've got the rule book you know ready to download there there is a section where it gives a couple of examples of the games that younger kids could play because i don't want this to be out of reach for any age you know all of us can learn something about australian native species and it's just such an incredible wide world of things that none of us know out there and that is genuinely exciting to learn about but for kids we know how imaginative they are and i've seen actually it's a really nice story one of the first one of the first kids that i saw holding the finished product was my sister-in-law's nephew he's he was three years old at the time i think and three or four 
and uh, she'll hate me for not remembering that but within within sort of five minutes he had all of us sat around playing this game that he had invented which you know pitted animal against animal and he would choose one of the facts off there that would inform him which animal won that fight which you know none of us were really sure where they would always come from but he knew what he was doing and (laughs) it's just yeah it's just amazing seeing kids of all ages create their own rules and engage them however they see fit and I'm endlessly excited by watching people engage with it in their own way whether it's a kid or an adult and yeah I, I could talk about it all day honestly and it's nice to chat to guys like you about it because you know if you work on something all the time for years like I have with animals you do sometimes get caught up in the logistics and the practicalities of you know starting the business and getting it out there but it's nice to sit back and think you know why did I start this and what do I want people to get out of it and yeah you start remembering the stories that you've heard from people and yeah it does it brings a smile to my face it brings back that passion that you know we have incredible wildlife here and it is in real danger and what we saw over the summer is a is a key indicator of that and yes there's this balance between excitement and passion about yeah our our amazing country along with how endangered all of it is so i think it's great it's going to teach kids kids are going to take some of this information on and not even realize that they've taken some of it on and remember these Mm. things at some point like even when you say a three year a four or five year old kid picking these cards up you've got weight on their length omnivore carnivore all these small things that anyone could make a game out of just those things and and even an adult i could sit here thinking like how could i play an easy game and you could play anything and the color coordination that's all the different habitat types yeah so in the starter pack which is what we're looking at now which is the only only cards available at the moment there are seven biomes so habitats but in the game they're called biomes they are forest desert river and scrub and they're the four that have nine species from each of those biomes so that you can use them as your biome in the official game and then there's three other biomes in that starter pack that don't have enough cards for you to select as your biome and they are mountain coast and sky but obviously the sky biome is one where there are just <laughs> endless amounts of species <laughs> in Australia that can fit in there. So I, I have a feeling that if this if this continues to grow, that the sky biome may end up just becoming its own beast. <laughs> <laughs> so it's never ending, really, and you can go to yeah. other countries and do hopefully any, any country. Yeah, really. and, and like we were talking about earlier, for kids in other countries, I'd love them to engage with animals and I'd love them to know about our wildlife, but it is almost a local thing, isn't it, to protect and conserve your own native species and your own native habitat and I would love to see this grow to be something that countries have their own version of and kids can learn about what they're surrounded by and what they can do to protect it and to start with you know I'm a one-man team so to start with it will just be pushing out animals the Australian version to other countries but I'd love to see kids learn about their own native species because I'm passionate about our kids learning It's it's probably the one aspect of my life where I'm patriotic is that kids should know native Australian species if they're from Australia, yeah, because it is it is an underrated aspect of our life, I think. Even though you have no Australian accent. <laughs> oh, mate, I are. Uh, I do sometimes. It's just it's just when I'm chatting to you, Steve. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> it's one of those things, though. We've always said that kids know about pandas and elephants and zebras mm. and rhinos, and they absolutely should. Yeah, absolutely. But... Yeah, well, there's so many awesome Australian animals. I mean, I've, I've said it many times on the show, we've got around 250 species of marsupial in Australia, and most people are lucky to be able to name 10. 
yeah. as an environmental educator to get kids engaged in not just talking about animals, but they're talking about, like Steve said, you know, the weights of the animals, their habitat. You couldn't ask for any more than that. And there are things like you know, Pokemon and things like that where kids have that real capacity for learning. They can remember all these obscure fantasy creatures. Mm. How fantastic that they're learning actual Australian species. Yeah, and that, that was the driver behind it is kids in particular. I mean, all of us, but um, kids in particular just just a sponge upstairs right and they can just take on all this new information and not just that they fall in love with it and that's a pretty popular saying in conservation circles people will protect that which they love i'm a big proponent of that belief and that if people knew what we stand to lose they would care a lot more and they would hold those in power to account a lot more and you know what better way to put ourselves on the right footing to protect all of this than to have our future leaders grow up already in love with our native species and i just think you know it it came about from a discussion with my nephews and they were talking about collectibles and i remember thinking if kids like my nephews grew up absolutely loving the eastern quoll you know renu in animals which i'll give him a highlight because that's probably my favorite species in the starter pack that's why he's on the front cover but if kids grew up you know loving the eastern quoll or Boyd's Forest Dragon or anything in there and then it got to an age where they start researching more about how endangered they are or that they're at real risk of losing them to a forest getting chopped down or whatever it may be how much more likely are they to go out and make a difference and try to stop that from happening and you know just before we started Steve you were saying that an important element of conservation is for people to take their own skill set and try to apply it rather than everyone just jumping in and trying to do the same thing it's important to have you know people from a whole range of of society helping and i remember reading a book really along those lines and it was something about so i just got distracted by the duck flying across <laughs> this is a beautiful property agent yeah i remember reading a book recently called um effective altruism it was about doing good better rather than everyone just donating a couple dollars here to a charity you know almost willy-nilly or just jumping in and trying to be hands-on in a field that they're passionate about and it's about applying scientific rigor to the not-for-profit field i've come to realize and it's actually off the back of something steve said where you know we've always said oh it's up to the next generation but it's not it's going to probably take many generations (laughs) you know and there's this whole philosophy that it probably will and it's something i've been really getting involved in you know um and those little seeds that you're planting with this game and wherever this game takes you, I'm sure it will go a long way and, and develop further and further. Things like, you know, animal shows from Animals Anonymous, kids visiting the zoo, a grandma buys kid a book on reptiles and they learn about habitats and sparks an interest in the kid. And mm. these, all these little seeds are moving towards something. And what that is, I don't know. Mm. I am optimistic because optimists live longer and they're happier doesn't mean they're right but we've got to be optimistic we've got to be optimistic Mm. and even for adults um with this game you know it may not be as mind-blowing in every facet as it might be for a kid who's never come across any of these species before it's more that if one element of this creates interest in an adult and they discover a species that they've never heard of before or they start thinking about habitat destruction as the massive issue that it is. Anything that this could do to spike a bit more interest in adults 
in conservation and, and the important issues of our time that they might not have thought about otherwise, that's as good as engaging a kid. Um, yeah, it is still important to engage the, the adults as well. Mm. I think, yeah, like it's, it's best to get the kids and then they'll do the rest mm. from their generation onwards. But I definitely think we still need to engage the adults as well. And all mm. the, like you get all these small points that you're on about, you know, these one percenters, but you've put it into a game mm-hmm. that's actually enabling everyone to learn it really simply. Like this is way easier to learn about endangered species than reading a book. Yeah. And for, for a lot of kids, a lot absolutely. More fun, as mm. well. more fun too. But you must like, how did you feel when you were choosing all these animals um you know you're going through some pretty horrible situations with these animals yeah and obviously it's a hard question to answer because it started almost three years ago Mm. and as i was saying to you guys earlier my my memory is not as strong as i wish it was so the main things i remember about choosing the species that would make the starter pack was trying to have a broad cross-section of the animal kingdom, you know, from all trophic levels of each ecosystem. And, you know, you could just pack a game with this out with, even though we may not associate um, Australian animals with this term as much as, you know, somewhere in Africa, but charismatic megafauna or, you know, the more well-known Australian animals. I wanted to have a few of them in there because it's an important part of drawing people in. So there's still Cinny, the southern koala, and uh, Landy, the emu, and, and animals like that that we all know and love. But equally, I've tried to leave a few of those out so that they can go in future booster packs so that I haven't just packed the starter pack with all the animals we know and then <laughs> there's none left for future card. But yeah, choosing um choosing animals for the starter pack was a tough job and I honestly can't remember exactly how I came upon each of them i think i had some idea about wanting to have a mixture of rare and highly rare and common species and some that are well known and others that none of us have ever heard of before and there were definitely animals in there that i might have come across the name but i couldn't have told you much about it beforehand and yeah it was a long process but it was really fun and i definitely learned a lot of incredible adaptations that australian animals have and even well-known animals you know, like in there is Ordax, the wedge-tailed eagle, and one of her superpowers is electromagnetic vision. And I was reading about what that meant from the perspective of an eagle, and there's people out there that think that it means they can see the current flowing through a telegraph wire when they fly over. And I, I haven't seen anything written about this, but it does make me wonder... And again, there will be a lot of ecologists who could tell me this is just nonsense or whatever, but does that mean that they could sense some electrical signal from their prey? It's just a whole new world, and it mm. was it was a really long process. I don't know which is longer, choosing the animals or coming up with the rules, but, yeah, it was fun. Someone's got to be able to win at the end of it. I think I would just probably have a <laughs> load of pythons, wouldn't I? <laughs> and like, <laughs> just, uh, how do you win? <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah. it would be coming up with a game where someone's got to be able to win it as well at the end. Well, I've had some people ask me, is this a game where everyone works together and everyone's either a winner or doesn't win at the end and that's the beauty of animals you can make up your own rules so if someone wants to create a game flicked them on the nose and said no (laughs) no No, if someone comes up with that game and wants to share it we've we've got a ranger community page that's associated with the animals page on facebook where i'm hoping that gradually as the community grows people will share their ideas for games and how they use the cards yeah I'd, i'd love steve maybe you can come up with that game and 
tell us all how to play. <laughs> Everyone gets all the snakes. <laughs> and then... so, yeah, that's right. Anyone who gets all the snakes first wins. Well, I think you chose rightly putting the qual on the front cover. Um. <laughs> I, I, I think not. This, um, so this is Eastern Qual. That's the black form of the Eastern Qual. Mm. I used to work with him. We used to breed lots and lots of them. They're beautiful animals. We, you know, we talk about endangered animals and we had Dr. David Peacock on the show mm. and uh, he was the guy that spearheaded the reintroduction of the Western Quolls back into the Flinders Ranges. Yeah. And that's just always, I, I love hanging my hat on that because it's just such a, a positive thing that's happened where, you know, South Australia has the worst mammal extinction rate. There's that positive story. And from there, we can inspire people. Mm. I wonder how they went recently with the snow. They would have been snowed in. It snowed in the Flinders for the first time in about 50 years recently. Hopefully they got a good thick coat on them and they went deep. Yeah, yeah. they be all right. I imagine they... they go in trees or...? A bit of both. I think they go in the ground as well. Mm. And they do live in some climates where it's colder like that anyway, right? Yeah, they're in Tassie. Yeah. Yeah. And actually that's uh, where my love of the Eastern Quoll stemmed from is that back in 20... 14 my partner and I were lucky enough to go over to Tasmania and when we were in Cradle Mountain we saw um, one of the black morphs of the eastern quoll and uh, so when I first had the idea for Animoz um, it was a pretty easy pick for what the first species was going to be going in there. Was that at at Dove Lake? Uh, No it was near Cradle Mountain Lodge where they've got thylacines where oh, they've got thylacines that's <laughs> right yeah which I hadn't told anyone because I didn't want to reveal <laughs> where, where I had seen them but <laughs> no I saw one at um, Crow Mountain uh, no <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're extinct um, no we saw a oh, um, that's very controversial oh, oh, oh he went there no we saw one at Dove Lake and your friend Matt Bonnet saw one there too and he said it's yeah. quite common to see them there at Dove Lake do you think you might ever bring out I mean, I, I guess it never ends, but would you um, maybe look at some of the more recently extinct animals like the thylacine as a bit of a charismatic megafauna animal with a bit of a story? Yeah, well, I think with the thylacine, I'd have to hold a massive national poll about does it go in the extinct pack or the <laughs> living pack. But um, Actually, on the thylacine, just quickly, I printed a limited number of this starter pack, obviously, and if you turn this over, we've got some here. Um, on the back, there's a little icon of a thylacine on there, and that's an original ranger stamp. So, oh, yeah, that's yeah. that's probably worth just a little um, promotion of the animal starter pack has a uh, original ranger thylacine icon on there, which won't be on any of the future ones. That's, I guess, just a bit of a... Uh, Collector's item. Yeah, and, and more just a bit of a tip of the hat to our most famous extinction, yeah. So, yeah, on the, on the extinct fauna and i know we've got a lot of well-known extinct megafauna yeah i'll probably keep that under wraps like i've got some ideas i've got a few ideas of what might be coming up soon and in a couple of months i'll hopefully have released some booster packs of more species well not hopefully i will be around september and yeah there might be some surprises in there but I mean, I'm not trying to be overly coy. I, I genuinely haven't locked in final decisions yet. But, <laughs> he's um, in the hell yeah, out of He this. sure is. No, I'll tell you what. <laughs> he's and it, good. And it's, he's good. An exclusive, sort of a, a half exclusive, is that I think there will be some extinction cards coming up soon. Ooh. You can reveal that on Aussie Wildlife Show. Ooh, there we go. <laughs> did I say, did I hear Thylacaleo? Thylacaleo. It'd have to be, wouldn't it? He may be in the draft. Should we stop pushing? well we've done an episode about thylacoleum on the show pound for pound the most powerful bite of any mammal more related to a koala than it was to a quoll 
Well, I know this is your podcast, but I'm going to turn the table and ask ask you guys a question because I think everyone's probably sick of my voice and would like to hear what you guys think. But I'm interested in what you think the the conservation worth of teaching people about our extinct megafauna is compared to having more cards about extent species i think that there should be some extinct cards i think that should happen i agree with steve i think having a few of the long extinct pleistocene australian animals like megalania and thylacoleo like we said there'll be kids that will really duel with that and mm. you know, i've got a lot of paleo mates and they're not just into bones and extinct animals they have a a grasp on the current things too because they need to learn about those as part of learning about the things that they only know from tooth fragments and stuff so mm. it does lead to that understanding and knowledge as well so it's casting a wider net yeah mm. broaden your customer base if anything yeah and like, I sub- which is broadening the, the lessons that people are learning and the stuff yeah and I think you make a point that the past informs the future right so do we want to lose these species when we it's almost a sliding scale of these amazing things we've had and are our extant species going the same way but yeah i definitely have some paleo mates at flinders uni that would hate me for even asking the question should there be extinction (laughs) but as i think it's a a really decent question to ask too because we should be focusing on what's here agreed but it it, i mean there's always kids that know everything about dinosaurs you know Mm. and and they've been gone for 66 plus million years if you don't include birds you know i I don't know what that means i don't know whether kids that are into dinosaurs are going to have more of an affinity with the bush or lizards or something but there's always kids that are into different things mate great bloody job i mean and they're extremely colorful and you've you've just picked such a great range of animals you know from all the different classes someone did i've got it I've got to mention, you, and you know Chris from Bugs and Slugs, and she said, but I can't remember the number, something along the lines of 90% of all the, or 95, or I don't even know, the majority of the animals don't have any bones, and it's not represented here, but Chris, it's, you know, oh, we want people to play it. We want people to <laughs> yeah. play it, Chris, and there are some really cool inverts. I've got here the um, Montelief leaf insect. We've got the barking spider. Yep, glass shrimp, Chris. Cherax Destructor, the Yabby, because they destroyed dams. I Got think they're meat, meat ants. Meat ants. Chris. Chris. <laughs> Hi, Chris. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate the feedback, and I, I think it's a really important point that, you know. Butterfly, Chris. Butterfly, Sorry. that's right, I can't, though. No, and one of my favourite cards in there, I think I think my mum agrees as well. She told me the other day that the, um, the teddy bear bee is one of the favourites in there, Bombi. I just saw that, yeah. Yeah, you found it. Teddy bear bee. Never heard of that. Oh, yeah, yeah. But as as well, speaking of the bee, I'm super keen for more and more cards in there over time to be pollinator species because um, that's another thing that I'd love kids to engage with more, just the importance of, of pollination and um, how, how much trouble they're in around the world and that there's a lot of things we need to change uh, to safeguard pollinators so yeah don't worry chris there's more coming does that lead you on to be able to do plants as well one day uh, so this is what well, we were talking about earlier well that's a nice said, lead Steve. Yeah. well said <laughs> didn't think i'd say that did you <laughs> it's blindsided me because i thought adrian would bring that up yeah i'd love to bring plants in one day and this is another thing where um at the markets where i had this for a while i had a lot of people come and pass who are clearly plant hobbyists and and keen to know if there were plants involved in the game and yeah I, I have to admit that I am I mean I'm no animal expert there's a lot of people out there that um, know a lot more than me but I'm definitely no plant expert so that is something that 
you know, I want to evolve in the future, but I reckon that I will need to learn a lot more and seek out help for that to be part of Animals, yeah. It's probably really amazing how much we're all going to learn by playing this game, but it's probably really amazing how much knowledge you've now got in Australian animals after actually inventing this game well creating this game I thought that until I start speaking to my nephews who now know more about the animals in animals than I do which I guess proves the point of the game the game yeah that's, <laughs> that's little sponges that's the main yeah. thing yeah. Yeah. yeah that's awesome yeah I've been corrected a number of times and they always laugh at me when they beat me in the gameplay <laughs> am I allowed to ask what you're going to do when you make your first million my first million He's put thought into this. <laughs> uh, I would love, you know, I'm, I've committed that as much as I can from this will go back into conservation. And once you start talking numbers like that, hopefully that amount, that percentage just grows and grows. I'm not saying this to try to be some saint or anything, but I, I genuinely would love for this game to not just be a, you know, a source of information and, and engagement for kids in wildlife, but equally to be able to put back into field work and education programs and research yeah i am a big believer in uh, we were talking about it just before that you know out of school i did a journalism degree and as much as i loved wildlife i didn't go down the science route because i i was never a scientist at school but i've you know i've just gone back a year or so ago to do a bachelor of science at flinders and I'm just becoming more and more passionate about the importance of science in society, particularly if we're going to, you know, solve the problems that we're confronted with now. And um, any way that that I can play a part in that, if that is just through Animoz or if that is through Animoz, you know, growing to the extent where I can direct a lot of resources into that field, that would just make me super happy, yeah. And I, I have to keep reminding myself that if nothing else comes with this apart from any kids that see the starter pack fall more in love with wildlife then this will have been a success but yeah when you start talking about numbers like that i mate i would love to be able to have a million dollars and go out and find conservation programs that are underfunded and underappreciated and yeah do you know what that's probably a nice segue into what i did want to give a bit of a push to is that throughout august animals is running a big wildlife vote and I know it rubs some people up the wrong way because how you meant to choose one species out of 30 endangered animals. But yeah, I've teamed up with big and small wildlife organisations from around Australia through August. So on the Animals website, there's a vote where you can scroll through and see a species that each of these groups have nominated. And so you have big guys like AWC and ACF and smaller teams like Team Kawari and... Nathan Bick has been on the show. That's right, and I, I feel terrible. I, I'll probably just stop there because I feel bad for the dozens of charities that I am not going to list one by one on here, but they're all worthwhile and they're all doing amazing work. And, yeah, so part of that is that I don't want animals to just be this card game. You know, I want to engage the conservation community and I want people to know that there are these groups out there that are working so hard to save our critically endangered animals um, and protect the habitat that they rely on. So, yeah, if anyone listens to this in August, I'd love you to jump on and have a vote and have a look through these charities. You can see their websites and their socials as well. That's the plug. I love podcast. it, man. I totally understand. Absolutely. I love it so much. And these guys, are they're heroes. None of them make a million dollars, you know, and they work and work and work and work. And most of the time just you know, unpaid. 
you know, just just because they're yeah. passionate, because they you know they want to do it, and yeah, that's a great thing to bring attention to them, to the species they're working with, and to direct funds towards them. That's a fantastic use of that money. I'm glad you didn't say, "Oh, mate, a Ferrari would be awesome." <laughs> yeah. Well, that was months ago, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think you mean a Tesla, right? <laughs> a Tesla? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, good call. Good call. What about your second million, though? No, <laughs> the Tesla truck. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think these are going to be a, a huge success for you. And I think a huge success for the environment, for everything, for all the animals and everything. I think it's amazing. Oh, look, yeah, absolutely. Yep, it'll get people talking. And uh, the website, Animoz, and it's spelled, I'll just spell it for people that are listening. And on our website, we'll have links to all this too, guys. A-N-I-M-O-Z, Animoz, Fight for Survival. And, uh, And there'll be more packs coming out. And the website is animoz.world. Yes. As well, isn't it? I wasn't sure if you'd... No, it wasn't .com. Yeah, dot .world. Yeah. I like that domain because it is, you know, the world and so relatable to the game. But uh, I do sometimes worry that, you know, it's a more difficult for people to remember rather than .com.au. But. Mate, if people want to buy the game, they can go to the website. Is there anywhere else they, they can go and check it out? Yeah, so around Australia it is in a few zoos and gift shops. But the best place and probably the fastest place to buy is at the website yeah animals.world and i ship same day so (laughs) you'll get it as long as uh as long as australia post is working okay at the moment you um yeah should be in your mailbox in no time mate thanks so much for coming on and thank you for sharing this with us and thank you for giving us a pack of these cards no i beautiful look i should probably say before we clock off that um i'm absolutely honored to be invited up on the show and um you have such esteemed you know, people and scientists on this show and, and I am an avid listener. I think you guys do really important work. As we talked about earlier, I, I think it's really important work you do, just spreading the word and letting the rest of us listen in to interviews with these people that work in the field. And no, I'm absolutely honoured and really appreciate the time. Well, thank you for putting all the time that you've put into this, making this game and hopefully making some changes in the world, we hope. Absolutely. And guys, thank you for listening. I'm Steve Backshaw and you're listening to the Aussie Wildlife Show.